Aging and Disease Prevention Radio is right here on Radio MD. Here's author, blogger, lecturer, and national medical media personality, Dr. Michael Smith, MD, with Healthy Talk. So I'm back with Dr. Robert Gregg. He is the president and chairman of the board for Millennium Dental Technologies. He's worked with the uh, School of Dentistry over at UCLA. He's um, worked with lasers most of his career. He's even the co-developer of a specific laser that we'll, we'll talk about a little bit later in the show. Dr. Gregg, welcome to Healthy Talk. Thanks, Frank. Good to be with you again. So, you know, let's, uh, okay, so we just talked a lot about, you know, the issues with mercury fillings. And so, and, and you, you mentioned a few uh, alternatives to, to mercury and in, in what's available out there. So I want to talk a little bit more about that with you. Um, but before we do that, how, okay, so let's say a, a patient comes into your office, Dr. Greg, and they have mercury fillings. How, how do you actually remove that it would seem to me that that might even be an issue uh it just removing the mercury so what what kind of process do you go through yeah there's a there's a very specific process for removing silver amalgams it's interesting that osha doesn't allow us to dispense any of our residue uh amalgams into anywhere but a secure container covered in water so if they're concerned about it how what is what are they what is a concern for the patient but <laughs> You know, right. <laughs> so uh, we have to handle handle it like a hazardous waste in our office. I don't use it anymore, but in the days back in the 80s when I did, we had to handle it like it was a hazardous waste. But what you do is you put a uh, a rubber mask over the tooth or that surrounds the tooth, and you use high-volume evacuation. In some cases, you have an additional vapor uh, remover that looks kind of like an elephant's trunk that can, you know, suction any additional vapor out of the out of the room, but you do it underwater, and most of the time, that's the safety process. Is as long as you're submerging amalgam in underwater, it's fairly safe. But you don't want it wow. to be touching the skin and the tissues. And the so, so, so it, it, this is interesting, right? So even OSHA recognizes the the, the oh, toxicity of mercury, and, oh and gosh, yet yeah. you're, you're we're we're putting this in people's bodies and stuff. So oh, that right there that, tells you tells you something. Oh, it, it is <laughs> fascinating. It's like quite ironic. I stopped yeah. placing uh, now, can, now, can in, the, any, in the 80s. Can any dentist remove it? I mean, is this something, is this extra training people go through? Or, I mean, no. if I, you know, if I have mercury filling, can I go in just a, a general dental office and get it removed? Yeah, I think it's the difference lies in those that uh, take the additional steps of safety precautions and, you know, uh, isolating the tooth with a rubber dam is what it's called. What, but you know, more and more dentists are going back to our dental school training, which is what we did. We put rubber dams over the teeth we were working on, a rubber mask. So, so yeah, let's I'm, talk I'm about some of those those alternatives that uh, you had mentioned before. So, and, and let's maybe, you mentioned that these can be costly, so why don't we start with um, maybe some of the alternatives. You know, let's move it from least costly to, to most expensive yeah. uh, as you know, we discuss this. It's fascinating, and I'm sure you probably see some irony in your medical literature, is that the dental literature looks at the success of a, fill, of a filling, whatever it is, by how long the tooth or the filling lasts, not how much damage happens to the tooth. Why aren't we grading our restorations <laughs> by, by mm -hmm. how well they service the tooth? So there's, yeah, a very yeah. in, there's, a, there's a very inexpensive white filling material. Uh, it's called Ketac. And it, you, you do not have to create the wedge-shaped prep 
in a tooth where you actually undermine the supporting walls of the tooth, you can you can bond that in. It releases fluoride to the tooth. It's not supposed to be a permanent restoration, but I've had patients slip away and out of my practice for 10 and 20 years. And when I finally get them back into recare and I, and I take that PTAC out, there's absolutely no damage, no fractures, no residue, no metal sulfites that have been leached because there are no metals in this PTAC at all. So, but you, if you were to, to go to peer review and, and represent that as a permanent restoration, they'd scold you and slap your wrist and I don't know what else. So it's, it's, <laughs> but it doesn't damage the tooth. That's the point. And they do last even if they wear. Um, so we start to grade our restorations by, you know, how successful they are in longevity, regardless of all the damage it's doing to the teeth. So that's well, where did the stand well, with Dr. Gray? But where did this standard yeah. come from then that, that we're going to look at the actual filling itself and how long that lasts versus tooth damage? I mean, wh- where did that? St- why are they measuring that? American Dental Association. They just, that's just the standard they came up with, and that's what they're, because the, I sent some frustration even in you when you talk about this. Oh, I, I um, am. I am very frustrated. Well, there's a reason why the Academy of General Dentistry formed. It was some disaffected uh, general dentists with the ADA. And it's the same thing with the AMA. My dad was a physician, so I, you know, it's just, they often don't represent the interests of the frontline right. clinical practitioner. So and, that's and one also, alternative. Yeah. Let's just, let's just, just let's go into the different alternatives so that that's because we're I'm, I'm going to make sure we get through all this dr gray so that's sure. one in that and now how expensive is that the the one you just described oh you're talking comparable with silver filling it's, it's right in there uh, you know let's say but long term less tooth damage so so probably a, a better a better option what's what's another uh, option that people can use if they want to spend a little bit more money a little bit more money might be some of the new uh packable composites then that's really what they're referred to is, you know, uh, is there a composition of resin and glass? Some people call them porcelain fillings. That's kind of a misnomer. They're really composites. Um, so those are probably two and a half times maybe a silver filling per surface. So they do start to go up and more technique sensitive. Uh, the key tack is not as technique, technique sensitive, pretty simple to put in. You put it in just like you do an amalgam. Uh, just a little bit different, but no technique sensitive sensitivity. Then you go up from there, then you start to get into some of the the uh, fifth and sixth generation ceramics, which are cast just like gold is cast, and you bond them to the tooth, and they actually are restorative versus the filling. So you can take a tooth that's been hollowed out from a previous amalgam and insert these in and unless some extreme force, I mean like a car accident, these these don't break. They're, I used the first generation stuff, and it, it was more brittle. This stuff uh, nowadays called uh, Emacs, and and uh, to a lesser degree, Zirconia, um, Emacs especially. It just doesn't it doesn't fracture even with uh, under under duress in the mouth and chewing on things and biting on inappropriate things like corn nuts and things like that on Super Bowl it's, Sunday. <laughs> so, Doctor so Doctor Greg, if one of my um listeners is interested in learning about some of these alternatives that you're speaking of is there a uh, a website a source your own website that they can learn about this stuff uh not on our website there are a number of uh, websites the, the american academy of cosmetic dentistry probably is, is a good one um but uh, uh i 
there's, you might find some information on the uh, ADA's website, but it would be kind of limited. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, of course, the, the, the restoration of, of last resort was a full-coverage crown, and that can be all porcelain, all gold. could even be stainless steel. That might be silver-colored. Okay. And... Uh, and uh let's let's do this dr greg we only have about uh i'm going to put you on the spot here because we only have about a minute left um i have two questions i'm going to put together in one uh and these questions came from your the last time that you were on so i have a a listener from houston named amy and a listener from st louis named kevin i'm going to kind of put their questions together what is a deep pocket exactly and how do the lasers help with deep pockets deep pocket is is the gum t- where the gum tissue meets the tooth, you measure that with a probe that has millimeter markings on it. So normal is one to three, and anything three and above, so four, five, six, and up, is a deep pocket. And what's what's the what's the the downside of the deep pocket? What's in there, and what does the laser do? You got about ten seconds. Well, yeah, it's an inflammatory uh, process. It's destructive to the attachment of the tooth to to the bone, and the laser is designed to uh, kill kill the infection and kill the inflammatory process. Okay, perfect timing, Doctor. We'll have a leave uh, leave it there. Thanks for coming on. This is Healthy Talk on Radio MD. I'm Doctor Mike. Stay well. <laughs> 